Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Beata Deus, etc., etc. Uh, my name is Chris Moody, as always, Parker and Alex, and we watched The Pope's Exorcist, perhaps the most important movie ever made. I didn't as think I, I learned... was going to have a lot to talk about, and then in our pre-show I now have 45 things to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning long. so much about cultures that I'm unfamiliar with. Which I'm very ready to discuss in depth now that I'm an expert. Yeah. Well, this is what they want us to return from, to. <laughs> the first <laughs> of our 200-part series. <laughs> Tracking all of the fallen angels. <laughs> Russell Crowe and Weird. Friend. Weird, Parker. It says here that, that uh, Pope's Exorcist 2 is going to take place at Buckingham Palace. Fuck yourself. <laughs> I can't. And it's going to be a two-parter. All right, well. Oh, good. Yeah. You want to get all the details in there. Before we get into that, Parker, uh, we've been away for a while. Do we have any news? I mean, I'm sure we do. I don't because I've just been uh, working and sleeping, trying desperately to adjust. But I will say, after uh, going to the theaters this week and seeing trailers, you could have given me a hundred guesses as to who directed Gran Turismo before I landed on <laughs> Neil Blomkamp. Oh, this should be what good. What in the fuck? I'll report, don't worry. How did he get out of movie jail? I don't understand. And why for this? That's just... I... It's it's a tough trailer to watch, because, you know, you watch the first seconds, you go, oh, I know who wins the race. Yeah. Well, uh... If we don't really have any news, I can't really think of anything. I guess we can get on to our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. Uh, I guess I'll jump on this one before Parker does. My jerk of the week is Parker himself, who uh, didn't text me back fast enough. I guess this was uh, <laughs> I guess this was revenge for when I said I was going to be intubated. <laughs> you said, like, what did he do? <laughs> to get out of the theater, which was five minutes away from the shooting, just to a wall of, like, Hey, you good? Hey, why aren't you answering? Were you there? Hey, man, are you good? And I was like, oh, I was just watching the sad raccoon movies. Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, similarly enough, my jerk of the week is everyone who told me it was too soon and not funny to say that if I'd been there with a knife, I would have disarmed the gunman. <laughs> grow, grow up, guys. This is life now. Sorry. I don't know. The seats are pretty far apart now. So, <laughs> you know, 21-foot rule might not apply. Uh, my jerk of the week is the app Audible. So I got the most disheartening push notification of my life about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, which said, and I quote, uh, we noticed you have an unspent credit. Would you care to try out Spare? Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> that book keeps popping up everywhere. Like, I can't go out to a store without that book being there. I feels, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't know. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Same. 
That's how I got into the predicament. Yeah. Ah, well, you know, someone's got two more wishes. Who knows? All right. Well, uh, let's talk about what we watched recently. It's been a while, so we might have a lot. Hopefully, we don't. We'll try to make. Uh, money. No, it's okay. This is just a three-hour episode. It's fine. Oh, good. No, please. I'm so tired. Well, the, the good news is you I'm so. Took like a five-hour nap. I don't want to hear it. He's wow. earned it. Uh, anyway, both, both uh, could be true. Let's see. I uh, shit. While you were away, Alex, I watched Batman, but not the good kind like you want. I watched the. Uh, there's a 1943 serial that's on YouTube that came out like you know. What the fuck? Yeah. And I, I don't know, I had time, and I was like, oh, I'll put this on. It was, like, the most racist thing I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, I knew there was a war on, but, like, god damn, guys, lay off. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Against who? The Japanese. Th- that all? Yeah. Our only enemy in that war? That was the only all right, one. All right, just making sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we di- Parker and I, uh, we did a little play on it, where there's a script and everything. Uh, that will be released soon-ish. And I thought, well, that wasn't really <laughs> very good. Just in time for my job interview, we got to record that. Fucking busy. Good thing I didn't make yeah. it there yet. Holy yeah. Guacamole. Yeah. Oops. It's a tough. It was a tough read. Anyway, I decided. Well, you know, I've never actually sat down and watched the 1966 Batman. I'll just do that. It's a, more like the background noise while I'm working sort of thing. And uh, two thoughts on it. One is. I, I think I understand a bit more now. It's not really for anyone who's living today, except as, like, a cultural artifact. But it's an important cultural artifact. Like, Batman, this TV show, is part of this uh, nation's pop culture DNA. Like, you see this turn up everywhere. And you realize there's a, there's a reason why Batman was not just really popular, but, like, the most popular thing in the world at the time. And, uh... It, it is obviously self-aware, and yeah, it's campy and stuff like that, and it's clearly for kids, but uh, there is value there. Uh, Adam West is a lot of fun, and uh, you can see that the Batman of 1966 is present in like the Batman animated show, and uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, and uh, the Tim Burton movies, and the Joel Schumacher movies, certainly. And uh, that, that's just part of what Batman is. So if you don't like that Batman 66, you have to understand that there's a little part of you that does sort of appreciate it. The other thing I have to talk about with this show is it has a... It is obviously not as racist as the 1943 version. There is a one racist... You say obviously, but... Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, there's a... I don't know if it's one or two episodes. Uh, The episodes kind of blend together. About uh, this... uh, I'm going to use finger quotes here for those who can't see. Native American character who is not Native American at all. Uh, And... uh, the way that they treat him is not really the best. But what really bothered me about this is actually an episode that I thought was one of the most sexist things that I had ever seen. The, the villain of this episode is uh, it's played by Barbara Rush. The basic idea here is uh, Commissioner Gordon steps down from the police after you know 25 years of... No, he's pushed out as Commissioner of Police after 25 years of great service. Because uh, they're going to replace him with a woman. And the woman is a leader of a women's lib movement, and, uh, and the guy, <laughs> the guy who uh, appointed her says, "Commissioner, I had no choice. My wife is a huge follower. She wouldn't, she wouldn't iron my shirts or cook me dinner or anything unless I appointed her. I'm going nuts. It's been a week, and I'm like, well, he can do any of that by himself." And uh, bit, it gets it gets worse because uh, the first thing this woman does is she fires all the male police officers and just appoints uh, police women. 
who let all the criminals escape because they're busy talking about makeup and cooking techniques and their hair and shit. And it's, it is astonishing. And it felt like really bad for the actresses, but I was like, wait, they're getting paid. What do I care? Uh, it, it's, uh, it is kind of astonishing to watch. There was another thing that I thought was funny. Uh, Girl X was like not as into it as I was, but I thought it was really funny. Everyone knows the Batman thing. I wonder why. No, 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 no. It's a different thing. It's a different thing. Uh, I told her then. She was like, wow, that sounds bad. For the intro theme song, everyone knows the intro theme song, right? The da 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 Batman. Everyone knows Yum, 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 Yoda. Get him off the show. All right. Anyway, for the third season. You had a chance. Might still. Anyway, for the third season, they bring in Batgirl, which they'll call her Batwoman. Who cares? For the for the show, when they bring her in, uh, it really does feel like, remember the Poochie episode of The Simpsons, where it's just like, hey, we really need to push Poochie. The same thing happens over here. Uh, there's a shot of, like, uh, the Batmobile, or the, I guess it's really just the Batcar in uh, these episodes. And in front of the car in the new opening credits, uh, Barbara Gordon, as Batgirl, is riding her Vespa, which we'll get to later in the show, Uh in front of the Batmobile, it clearly like photoshopped in or whatever the equivalent was back in '66, and it it is so loud it overpowers the theme song. So I was like, <laughs> like that, and the waveform looks great. Plunk, plunk, spur. Yeah, exactly. It is it's like so overpowering that I was like looking up from my laptop, like, fuck is going? Oh, season three. <laughs> Here we go. So, uh, is Batman '66 worth watching? Again, it's like if you want to study it in like the Vatican while you're hunting demons, then yeah, I'd recommend it. <laughs> Uh, Chris, I have a question. I have an answer. Uh, if we got the uh, raise hand sound added to Discord, would that be picked up on our recording? If we pre- if we typed out whatever the words are, then they could do that. I lied. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Uh, maybe. I don't know how this works, but I know you submitted like a hella audio clip, so you probably know better than I do. Yeah. Uh, well, I can try it out. I'll, I'll take it up with uh, Adrian. All right. Well, we'll pretend I'm raising my hand right now. Okay. Good. Hey, do any of the women in the show back the Batmobile into a pole and then blame the pole for it? <laughs> They're not allowed to drive. Okay, so who else did I watch? Oh, take me back. <laughs> I'm just proud of you for skipping past the Native American stereotype. It's a lot of growth. But it was also like a talk about <laughs> Apache Chief for 15 minutes. <laughs> was that his we name? So much of that coming. Parker, wait, Parker, Parker, Parker. Uh, based off of the last time we did this, could you do an impression of Apache Chief? Uh, no. <laughs> He's not big enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not to scale. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, Just thinking about the guy doing smoke signals in Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Forgot about that. I went over to uh, Alex's house, and she was like, hey, let's watch a couple John Waters movies. And I was like, okay. And uh, she put on. You hate John Waters. What? No, I don't. He knows that or Renfield, so. That's fair. I don't, I don't hate John Waters. I thought you hated John Waters. Who am I thinking of that you hate from the 80s that made a lot of movies? Most of them. Uh, I, that's fair, but. No, I, not important. I, I Move on. Know. All right. Well, back on planet Earth, uh, we watched <laughs> Polyester, which has uh, Divine in it. And uh, this was sold to me as Divine's best performance. Uh, I have only seen one other, uh, two others before, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was pretty good. But polyester, it feels kind of jumbled. It's uh, which I guess is kind of like a lot of John Waters movies. I think when you watch a John Waters movie, besides the next one I'm going to get to, you kind of feel a little more like, well, I appreciate that he made it. 
And the, the vibe I kind of get is like, he seemed like he was really happy to be making a movie with his buds rather than making a coherent story. And the story is more or less, you know, followable, but it's, I, I think it was a little too uh, esoteric for me, I guess. Uh, which, you know, you get that with a lot of John Waters movies, but you're still happy that they exist, you know? And you ha you're really happy that he exists because he's a really fun guy to read, he's a really fun guy to listen to, and his movies are at least interesting to look at. But the next one she put on was a movie called Serial Mom. Serial spelled with an S, uh, not the Captain Crunch. This is... Uh, S-E-R-E-A-L. Yes, Got it. exactly. Now, this is easily my favorite John Waters movie. This movie is one of my favorites. And here's what really fucked me up. Uh, I, after we watched it, I was in such a good mood. We were both like, hey, Parker, you, you really got to watch Serial Mom. And he was like, yeah, I already have it downloaded. I got to get to it. I was like, well, he already, he already knew, I guess. And uh, apparently, I, I think I said something like, this should have been on the list. This is better than like 80% of the list. And then Parker revealed to me, well, it was on the list, but they had to take it off to make room for, uh, you know fucking Human Centipede 2 or something. For Rape Train 5000, right. favorite movie from the 1960s. I like Rape Train 5003. Anyway, Kathleen Turner. <laughs> Wait, isn't the guy in that movie Rob Zombie's brother? <laughs> the dog did not like what that. What a good huh? dog. What a good <laughs> dog. Alright, fine. 5003 wasn't the best one. What uh, if if only they had those dogs for the Arise investigation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, Serial Mom, uh, a 1994 movie. This is clearly his most conventional movie. It looks like a normal movie. John Waters fans, as such, may not like... I, I don't know. I, I don't speak for or to John Waters fans. But, yeah, I don't know. Maybe they don't like it as much because it feels a little bit more conventional. But I think that works in the movie's favor. Because... Uh, it's a little bit easier for anyone to digest. It has Kathleen Turner as uh, a psychotic housewife. Uh, her kids are Ricky Lake and Matthew Lillard, and I believe Matthew Lillard's first performance. He's really good, and she's married to Sam Watterson, and uh, she fucks the shit out of him in a very funny scene, I have to admit. Oh yeah, Patricia Hearst is in this, a.k.a. Patty Hearst. Uh, <laughs> fans of crime history will be familiar. Uh, the basic idea also, here is... just a nerve to be like, yeah, I don't really talk to John Waters fans. Like, you don't hang out with one every Sunday. I, oh, yeah, I guess. I, well, she's like... Well, I said fans, you know, so the plural here. She's the only one. Uh, yeah. Technically, technically correct. Got him again. Favorite. Counts. Anyway. I've been disarmed by logic. Exactly. So, anyway... i head to the mall and... Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, Serial Mom, basic idea here is she's, uh, you know, a prim housewife, and uh, when things go wrong, she starts a stabbing, and she kills a whole bunch of people, and uh, then she goes to, you know, she goes on trial for it. So, it's, it's actually really funny, and it's fun to follow, it's interesting, and it's over the top in, in a lot of ways that I like. And this gets an actual recommendation from me. Serial Mom is uh, well worth your time. Even if you're, like, not into John Waters, you're just like, oh, what, the guy from the gay episode of The Simpsons? No, 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 no. This one's good. So, anyway, uh, what else? What a cool way to describe John Waters. Yeah. There's only one gay episode of The Simpsons? As far as I know, I'm not that far into it, so... Uh, wasn't that the episode? I haven't got to that episode <laughs> yet. It Pink might Flamingo? be straight. Oh yeah, the gay episode of The Simpsons. Of <laughs> Actually, wait, Parker. Do you wait? Are you trying to tell me that Pink Flamingos is more well known than the gay episode of The Simpsons? Because if so, I'll tell you that the supposed John Waters fan she has never seen Pink Flamingos. 
Ooh, body oh. catching a stray for no reason well no actually that is a compliment we to her <laughs> because she doesn't hate she, fake fans she should not be watching pink flamingos pink flamingos really isn't that good all right uh what's i watch um uh, oh i rewatched office space i'm gonna make this clear right now i'm not gonna say much about it because i do think office space could be an emergency episode it's not one of those movies where you just say Oh, we just talk about, you know, oh, how funny that scene was for like 30 minutes, then run out of stuff. I think there's a lot to say about how great Office Space is, how well it holds up, and uh, various other issues. So, highly right. Guess what? Office Space is still great. I fucking love it. Uh, I don't need to quote all of my favorite lines from it. Uh, I re- Keeping that in mind as someone that's never seen it. Yeah. Well, I, I think you would enjoy it. Um, anyway. Uh, I'm sure I would. Yeah. But. yeah. Anyway, uh, one last thing before I get to something. Uh, I know Parker watched. Maybe maybe Alex, too. I don't know. I can't keep track of anything. I rewatched Samurai Jack. Correct. This is something I assigned to Parker years ago, and he was just like, yeah, whatever. And well, guess what? Uh, you assigned me season five specifically. Yeah. Like a fucking asshole. Yeah, you should have. You, you Actually, I, I will say this. Upon rewatching it, you could just put that on and watch season five, and you'd be fine. I could, but I have this little thing called autism. <laughs> anyway, uh, having rewatched the entire thing, and it only took me a few days because I did it while I was working, uh, Samurai Jack holds up exactly the way I wanted it to. It is still wonderful. It's one of my favorite works of art that I think I've ever seen. And uh, I also watched like a little bit of the special features here with Genny Tartakovsky. The guy admits he's really just not very good at drawing, and that's why most of his stuff is very simple. I mean, you look at like Dexter's Laboratory, uh, like spaghetti noodle legs for uh, Didi versus a small square for Dexter, and those shapes are really where you get the humor from. And I thought that was really interesting. So uh, definitely watch uh, Samurai Jack at some point, I guess, after you finish, I don't know, Dragon Ball Super or whatever you're watching now. Uh, Way ahead of you. Oh, are you? <laughs> All right, once you finish Succession. <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess uh, we can get on to Guardians 3 now. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about okay. it. Okay, uh, well, I'll, I'll start with some basic stuff here. Uh, Don't worry, guys, I'm safe. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> important to let everyone know. All right, moving on to the Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also did not find the Hideo Kojima I'm alright tweet funny in that moment either which uh, real let down for this guy oh. what other chance would I possibly have to use that and yet well Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 it's been uh, how many years since uh, Volume 2 I guess it was 2015 2016 I don't know when was our first episode I don't remember fucking then anyway Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 I had a really good time with this I really liked it and as I walked out the theater I thought to myself you know if I really sat down and thought about it I could come up with a few minor a few minor a few major criticisms but I think I've reached the point of like watching movies where I'm just like I'm just gonna judge it as to whether I smile enough and for this one I did I had a big old goofy grin on my face the whole time I like this one a lot how about you guys Chris, I have a question for you. All right, let's go. Hopefully I have an answer. <laughs> how many of those smiles, how many smiles in that movie came from the bad guy that shows up in the first scene being the ugly guy from Midsummer? Uh, some of them did, because the whole time I was just like, wait a second. <laughs> Where is he been I thought been this guy this retired from acting because he was so ugly. I Yeah, I, I thought that was the same thing. I think maybe we were thinking of someone else, though. But anyway, he's back. And no, no, it's that guy. It's, like that. That's, I know, it's Will Poulter. That's the Bandersnatch guy. I'm, it's yes, the same guy. I'm aware. 100%. Yes, yes, it is I, Will Poulter. I, I, well, I, I looked it up before I left the theater, you know, as the credits started, because I wasn't going to watch whatever post-credits. Oh, no, me neither. I didn't fucking... You can just look it up on Wikipedia. Like, what's the fucking... Yeah. 
Uh, that was like, by the way, this or, is the first not. This is the first uh, MCU movie that I've seen since Endgame, and it was kind of like uh, something I had to be confronted with. With uh, you know, the credits started rolling, and I was like, I stood up my seat, and no one else next to me was standing up. It was, it was, yeah. like, it was like, uh oh, <laughs> fucking stay there like losers. It's so funny. I was like, oh, just like no. scooching past people in the IMAX theater where there's actually no legroom. It's like, oh, excuse me, yeah. Excuse you me. can't read these names right now. I have Just to be looking best. back and forth, like, really? Still, <laughs> guys. He he left the company. He's not making another one of these. Like, imagine if go. he did that. It wasn't the end credit scene for the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Just like a Howard the Duck cameo. <laughs> it was like you're waiting for that. It's <laughs> a good bit. Which, by the way, okay, we got to talk bit. for a second here about this. just a brief sidebar. I have mentioned my friend Gabby on this podcast several times, and a reminder: yeah, she's not. She is not, okay? And a couple times, I mentioned her boyfriend, and Parker's like, is he? I'm like, no, no, he's not. But now I have to double-check myself, because in order to get ready for Guardians 3, it's like, oh, I'll rewatch Guardians 1 and Guardians 2. And he watched Howard the Duck, because he knew that there would be a brief Hi. Howard the Duck scene in this movie. So he might... There was? Yeah, there was, yeah, briefly. Yeah, he's like uh, playing poker or something. Yeah. Well, uh... There, there was good stuff in it too. <laughs> You're not you're really not doing a good sales job. I know, we have I know. the ugly guy and the the shitty duck from the comic no one read. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I liked about it. I, uh, I, I think one of the things that I like about Guardians of the Galaxy, as opposed to all the other MCU movies, is it's actually funny uh, most of the time. There are a couple of jokes that didn't do much for me. But uh, Drax is always funny. Uh, Dave Bautista is really good. I love Palm Clemente as Mantis. Those are my two favorite characters. I will say that I think there's less Groot in this movie than there is in the other two, and I think that's for that's the best. Fine. You know, correct. I, I don't really, yeah. I don't really need more of the meme character. I guess. Uh, oh, I by the way, I did not watch the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, holiday special, which uh, apparently is fairly important because that sets up the uh, the. The brother sisterhood between Mantis and Star Lord, but luckily I didn't I mean, need to because I showed up five minutes early and like the pre-show was just like, oh, by the way, they're brother and sister. It was in the thing, and I was like, oh, okay, sure, why not? Yeah. I didn't care. As someone who was in the room when it was put on, you're you're fine. Yeah, yeah. I didn't that, know that that's, before that's now, about, and it has changed nothing for me. Yeah, exactly. So. That's, about, that's about all you got. Yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Uh, well, that I like. I there are a, a few heartfelt moments that I really liked. I will say one of my major criticisms is maybe too many heartfelt moments. I think that uh, there are uh, like at least five different moments where like the music was like really slow and overly dramatic, and I kept waiting for like the joke that would interrupt it, and it never came. It was just like a little maybe a, a little too much empathy, I guess. I guess I could be wrong. Uh, how about what did you guys like? What did you guys dislike? Nothing. All right. I'll I like let the movie. Go whole, first. I don't know yeah. when I'm ever going to rewatch this again because Jesus fucking Christ. It, it is, yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, let me say this. So I'll start with the bad. This movie, like, as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, you know what I like about these Guardians movies? Like, two things really. Like, they are very much their own thing, and they move at a good pace. And then the last 30 minutes of this movie happened. And I was like, oh, come on, man. I was so ready to compliment this movie on how quickly it moved and, like, how, you know, even though we have all of this shit with the flashbacks to Rocket as a baby raccoon, like, even with all that, we're still going to be out in 210 and it's fine. And then 
we just weren't because we needed a five minute dance party at the end um uh so that that much i didn't like because i felt like this movie could have had a very very nice pace to it and decided to choose against it but i do think these movies are dare i say unique within this you know big infrastructure of marvel movies like they kind of you know march to their own drum and that's fun and when these characters show up in the other marvel movies they're not as interesting because they don't come with the same packaging and like chris said this movie is like i I wouldn't call this movie funny but like i think it's funny enough like i don't need all the weird james gunn gross out shit like i don't know why we're going to a meat planet i don't really know why nathan fillion's here but uh it kind of vibes with what they're doing like the music's kind of annoying but the music's part of it and after a while you just sort of accept it i the formula works is what i'm saying and i think that the formula is fine especially now that kurt russell's not in it Uh, that's a line in the sand that i don't know how to react to but also i haven't seen that movie since it came out yeah it's bad it's not good you enjoyed it (laughs) Uh, Parker I mean, did. Yeah. Well, uh, Alex, I have I have uh, written proof that Alex liked it. Anyway. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, not really, but. I do. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> it comes to a standstill. Over. Hey, did you like the fifteenth movie in this? I don't know. Maybe. Well. Uh, no, I, I. You know, I. I keep thinking about which one I liked more, this one or the second one, and I think I like them about the same. Uh, as to whether, uh, as to which one is a better movie, you know, pacing is obviously something that plays into it. Uh, a character that doesn't add much, probably, as well. Uh, I don't know. I guess the distinction doesn't really matter. You know, I I will say that I I suppose I don't really have the frame of reference to judge the other MCU movies that have come out since uh, Endgame, but I'm never going to have it. <laughs> I just don't care about. What was the one that you watched, Parker? Correct. The Eternals. Yeah, man, oh, love that one. Geez. Ask me a single character's <laughs> name that isn't Kingo. Oh, really? <laughs> Kingo. For obvious, this is dreadful. Yeah. You know what? Also, uh, in none of that, as someone who I, I saw, I think I've seen the movies. I haven't watched the TVs because life is short. But yeah, none of that matters at all for anything you just watched. Not a single one of those ties in in any way, shape, or form. So you're fine. Uh, oh. To your point about movie two versus movie three, I think the big fundamental difference in those is like movie two was really based on this emotional fulcrum that I just would have no reason to care about whatsoever if I didn't read the comics. Whereas the third movie, they spell it out for you in gratuitous detail. You know, oh, it's really sad that Rocket Raccoon got experimented on and these were all his friends that got murdered. Apparently this is PETA's favorite movie. Well, I mean, can can you blame them? Peter Griffin is here in studio with us. That's so awesome. I like. I think the rocket scenes in this work. Like, I mean, I don't need them in this movie, but because like that's a real character and not just you know Michael Rooker as a blue guy. But I think that that's the big difference between this and the second one. The second one just has no fucking heart to it, like whatsoever. You have to love those characters walking into the second movie to give a shit about anything that happens. Whereas this kind of assumes that you don't. It's like, hey, you haven't seen these guys in a while. Here's what they think about this stuff. And that really works in this. And also, as somebody that's 
doesn't really care for Chris Pratt in 80% of the things he does, he's really good as this character. Yeah, he is very good. And it makes these movies work. He's really, really good in this role. I think he's a, I think one of the things that makes him so good in this role is that he's, he's kind of more of like an underdog, I guess, uh, comparatively. You know, he's not as good at everything. He's kind of dim-witted. And I think in a, a few movies he's been in recently, he's kind of expected to carry everything. And in this one, he doesn't really have to worry about all that. Uh, this is actually one of my favorite performances uh, as they go. But nice. everyone else is really good, too. <clears throat> Zoe Saldana does, like, the best crazy eyes you're going to see all year. Uh, whoever plays Nebula, whose name I keep forgetting, but she's really good, too. And that's not an easy role to play. Uh yeah, I, I really like the performances in this. A part of it is I really like these characters. And I also kind of like that the stakes are relatively low. Like, they're not going to save the universe. They're really just trying to save this little raccoon. And I'm like, that's all I need, you know? It doesn't need to be anything else. And, and this does still make them heroes because they're trying to save someone, you know? Uh, did you guys have, like, a favorite scene? Because I know my favorite scene was Drax, like, about to fall asleep on that couch. I was fucking dying of that. That's a good bit. <laughs> it, was that was that really earlier. good. I, that was these movies don't typically get a lot of out loud laughs from me i'm happy to chuckle in my seat but that uh, i was, was happy with that that was good yeah. um i don't know i didn't really think about favorite scenes i'm not really prepared for this but no, honestly me neither. it's yeah it's was, saying it something you liked is kind of out enjoyable. of your wheelhouse <laughs> oh come on i was nice about this movie well relatively all right well, i thought you'd be honestly <laughs> what well, it, it's, it's a fun like, movie Fuck this raccoon i don't give a shit Boy, when this movie fucking opens with that little baby raccoon, I was like, this is going to be a fucking nightmare. Oh, actually, no. Yeah, I did not have good Well, my problem with the opening here was when they open with fucking the acoustic version of Creep by Radiohead. I don't like that Oh, I was dying at that, dude. That was so good. It was great because, like, the the first, like, verse of that acoustic version, like, you're not totally sure it's actually Radiohead. You think they might have just, like, paid for a cover because Radiohead wouldn't sell them the song. And then you hit the chorus. It's like, oh, that's Tom York. Okay, we're fine. My, but, uh, my problem is I kept thinking of Andrew Tabak. <laughs> As you should. <laughs> he would be very, very proud to hear that. Yeah. When's the last time he felt uh, pride? So yeah. <laughs> well, we, we finally hit a good one of these. Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll see if we <laughs> first time since. Apparently this one isn't it's making like enough money though. Uh, like people it, it, are seeing this it, is but... like already this is already like the third highest grossing movie of the year. Like this is blowing things out of the water. Yeah, but apparently uh, like Marvel is like disappointed in the box office returns. They needed a lot more. Well, from this fuck one, them, so. dude. Yeah, uh, that's because Disney's gonna go underwater because their shitty streaming service. No, I'm aware. Which fucking yeah. owns, dude. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I know. I, I, I didn't enjoy this movie. But, this is one of you know. this is one of my favorite movies uh, of the year. So. And uh, I would also say one of my favorite MCU movies, but uh, not a very high bar to clear, let's say. No. Yeah. Hey, this movie has a personality. Huh? Well, it's top three, yeah. I guess. Oh, Parker, yeah. did, you, uh, did you recognize who performed the voice of uh, that little otter? Oh, my God. That was, Friend of the show. Yeah, Linda Cardellini. Man, that, the second those <laughs> things were in frame, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> There's zero chance that we're reuniting with them all grown up. Yeah. This ends one way and one We're going way. back Correct. to making traumatizing movies for kids. Good. As we Fuck should. The they, need to, they need to grow up quick. Uh, the small child that talks about the first five minutes of the movie did not enjoy that rabbit. <laughs> and you know what? <laughs> Time to grow up, nerd. Yeah. All right. Uh, Alex, what did you watch? All right. I, uh, I don't know too much to get to here over the past fucking, I don't know, month, because uh, 
turns out school gets hard sometimes. But uh, I got a couple things to talk about. Chris, you you saw Suzume, right? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think I saw uh, your review, and you said that it looks really great. Shame that's all there is to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I obviously don't know what you've said about this movie at this point. So, uh, uh, you know, your, uh, your perspective on this is fresh to me as I say this, mm-hmm. but, uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with making a movie that looks like a couple of really good movies. That's just okay. Like, I think that the animation style and the effort and the money that gets poured into these movies is like a really valuable resource. And I know that they're trying to tell a story, you know, about how people are forgetting what happened in the earthquakes in Japan 10 years ago and all of that. I understand, like, the the cultural backing of, like, why this movie might be more important in Japan than it is for me. I just think it does, like, a kind of shitty job of telling the story. And it bums me out because something that's this pretty to look at, that has this many resources poured into it, like, should be better. And I don't know if you agree with that sentiment or not, but uh, I'm happy I saw this, even if the whole way home I was complaining about it. So I think I, uh, I more or less agree with that. I'll tell you what, there was something I didn't say on the podcast. I think I ended up saying it on a date. Uh, the thing about this one, uh, this Makoto Shinkai movie, is it feels like the guy's under a lot of pressure to live up to your name. Because Your Name was a really, really great movie. And since then, his other two movies have been, like, really high expectations. Weathering for You and this one, people are like, oh, this is going to be great. In fact, one of my co-workers saw this, and he said, this is one of the best movies of the decade, which is high praise considering the, the decade's well, not out done yet. fucking idiot. I, but... He must have very different standards because I think more people are agreeing with you, Alex. A lot of other people, they seem to view this as like, well, it looked pretty nice, but it seemed kind of empty places of the narrative. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's it's hard because I know that a lot of those people are like anime perverts that didn't like the love story. And to me, this isn't a love story. Oh, like, no, there's no. nothing... There's nothing to me that says that these characters are anything more than platonic at any point other than at the beginning when she thinks he's hot. Yeah. Like, and, and I think that a lot of people see these movies specifically looking for that and didn't get that. And they're disappointed in that. And I mean, I don't know. I guess that's fair. Like, good for this guy for trying to play off type if that's what people are expecting these movies to be. But I just, I felt like a lot of this didn't work. I, I'm inclined to agree with a lot of that. I think I did have a better time with it. Maybe, uh, maybe just because Cherison is so cute. But uh, I think what I really enjoyed about this is I, I kept, I was, I was always interested in what was going to happen next, and it didn't really resolve particularly well. But I. Uh, I'm interested in Makoto's uh, next movie. I don't know what it's going to be, but uh, I I just hope he doesn't feel like too much pressure because pressure is like a really big thing in Japan, especially when you make like something that's really successful that you have to live up to its name. And yeah, it's it feels really uh, I don't know. I guess I feel kind of pity for this guy who's like extremely famous and probably uh, making some pretty good money and can probably do whatever he wants. No, I, I I completely agree. I hope that Logan Paul's not visiting this guy in the forest. Right. But, yeah. uh, um, I, apparently, he said. I, like, I I think I, I may have I think I mentioned this on the episode, but he apparently this director said that your name was technically unfinished. He said that there was more stuff that he wanted to do, but like, you know, budgetary strains and like time uh, did not permit. So he just had to leave it the way that it was. And I kept getting that feeling the whole time I watched Weathering With You. And I kept getting that feeling the whole time I watched Suzume. It's like, this guy is not quite able to really synthesize everything he wants. 
Well, if he wants more screen time, then he's wrong, and his editors are correct. I don't know if it was screen time. I think there was, like, uh, more stuff he wanted to add, and he would have, like, removed other scenes or something like that. I, d- I don't know exactly what the quote was. I'll find it some other time. If, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I think that it, it's funny, because, like, you know, I'm with you that I was enjoying the journey. It's like, oh, I wonder where this is going. And then they, they you know, get to Tokyo, where they're fighting the big bad monster. And, like, I realize I've been there for, like, an hour 45 and I got the exact same feeling that I got when I was watching John Wick 4 when he's halfway up the staircase and you realize he's gonna get knocked down and have to climb up a second time it's just like oh oh we're just gonna do this for another 45 minutes and there's just no way around it like this is cool but it's not 45 minutes cool and I don't know I think the movie didn't really stick the landing but again it's really pretty so it's That's enough worth your time people. if you like if you like animation like it's worth your time mm-hmm. like I'm not mad that I saw this in IMAX it was a really cool experience I hope the next one comes out in IMAX I'll see it there then and I'll probably complain about that one too on here so you know what can you do um uh, moving on uh so I watched a Bigfoot movie <laughs> so there is a movie that came out in 2019 called 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot number one will blow your mind <laughs> Which uh, (laughs) is a... I wonder how I didn't see this. (laughs) So, uh, this movie is, like, mocking the whole, like, you know, Vice Internet documentary, like, subculture that existed. Where it's about, you know, this reporter and his cameraman that do these stories that are trying to make it big with this online publication. You know, they want to be serious journalists. They keep getting sent on these, like, fucking joke assignments. Like, they, they have to go to, like, some beer festival, like, the, all, all this dumb shit that, that, you know, they're like, this isn't serious journalism. Like, I, I'm, you know, I'm in this field to, you know, be out there doing real things. So they get sent to cover this story about a Bigfoot convention in Georgia, and then afterwards they're going to go in the woods and look for Bigfoot. Uh, we meet a couple of Bigfoot hunters, um, all of whom drink their own piss, it's a pretty good gag. Yeah, it's, uh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> uh, correct. Yeah. And I like the taste. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, not a ton of actual Bigfoot in this movie. However, he does show up. Very important. You know, I, I would not want to say anything positive about a Bigfoot movie that might not have Bigfoot in it. He, he, he's there. Just You gotta wait for him for a little bit. Looks like shit. Doesn't matter. Because you get what you want from it. Um, this isn't as good as Wild Men, but it's like pretty close. Like it's it's got heart to it. It's pretty funny. Again, this is not like a you know laugh out loud movie, but it's a chuckle to yourself movie like several times. And uh, turns out when this is your subject matter, like that's more than enough. Because you know there's not very many good Bigfoot movies. So these two fucking Brooklyn guys like dicking around the woods with. Uh, this Bigfoot hunter that drinks his own piss and is just mad that his ex-girlfriend broke up with him for being obsessed with Bigfoot is like enough of a compelling story for 45 minutes. Like it's it's pretty solid and it's under 90 minutes. So, you know, not a lot of bad things to say about that one. Uh, a movie that I have slightly more bad things to say about is a movie called Book of Shadows Blair Witch 2. <laughs> <laughs> Did we do an episode about this before he joined? You guys did All right, before yeah. my time. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing: as a resident of Maryland, this is the most <laughs> offensive movie I've ever seen in my life. Stay those tapes over at Montgomery College. 
I bow. <laughs> what is wrong with these fucking people? <laughs> Who are they? <laughs> Why does this movie take place in Montgomery, Alabama, Maryland? Like I don't understand. Montgomery. <laughs> Look, I don't know slash remember what you guys said about this movie. Same. But I, I do. I feel, I feel like this movie could have worked without the flashbacks, which, yeah, I, you know, I was not saying a lot, but like the fact that there's no mystery whatsoever in this whole fucking movie that's about a mystery. Like, I guess I felt watching this like Yellow Cyclone felt watching the Knives Out trailer. <laughs> like, I... I I know what's gonna happen. Like there, I it's like, oh, I wonder what spooky ghost did this. It's like, no, you already showed me that. Like, I don't need, I, I don't need to know that. Like, I know this all takes place in the past. I know what happens. Like, it's frustrating. It's be frustrating without flashbacks. <laughs> That's structurally built entirely around flashbacks. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Good job, guys. Nailed it. Uh, if you'd like, I can reveal the uh, the hidden secret of what we said about him, Parker. This should come back to you. Um, we're not saying that this movie was almost good, but in its original conception, this movie was really different. It didn't have any of those fucking flashbacks. Or if it did, I guess it maybe like it saved him for like the very end. It did just fucking pop him up everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it just cut in fifteen minutes later, be like, "Stay away, these people are dead." Yeah, All right, yeah. back to the party. <laughs> like, I, oh, I think, weird. You know, they went up to this rock and got murdered. Wonder what happened. Oh, I already know. There was okay. like a, some sort of YouTube video that explained that there was a there was a whole lot that was different about this movie. I think the movie begins. Here's like a, one of the first examples. The movie begins with a, a Marilyn Manson song. The original song was Witchcraft by Frank Sinatra. It was a little bit more subtle about stuff and a little bit more, I don't know, tongue-in-cheek, I suppose. Uh, that would have been better than Marilyn Manson. I would say anything uh, disagree. Be better than Marilyn Manson. Uh, but, uh, they, they, I mean, there was other stuff, too, with uh, the plot structure. Apparently, there would have been, like, I guess the, the clues would have been a bit more subtle. They had, like, ideas for how they wanted to, like... I don't know if it was going to be stuff they hit on, like, the DVD. Parker, I don't know if you remember, like, they were going to have, like, various things that would have, like, helped out with the clues. I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but, like, yeah, the structure was, like... Very vaguely, yeah. but I haven't watched that video in... Me neither. That was, like, a yeah. single-digit episode, Yeah, so. that was, that was a really a long, long time ago. Time. And it's interesting, and, uh, again, I don't think it was going to be necessarily a good movie or, or anything, but... I would have been really interested. It would have been as good as the Blair Witch 2 could have been. Exactly, yeah. Which is, you know what? (laughs) Take what you can get. Yeah. And instead of, like, actually, it was so bad, it felt like they were trying to hide that it was a Blair Witch movie. They kind of put it out of the end. Book of Jonathan. Blair Witch 2. (laughs) Which is a shame. I love Jeffrey Donovan. (laughs) Just wild that they hired, like, a legitimate documentarian. They're like, hey, do the same thing. And he said no. And they're like, oh, okay. (laughs) You'll see, fucker. We'll have the last laugh on that one. <laughs> that fucking that redneck sheriff at the end is—it sticks he's with me. So cool. Oh, you say the end as if he's not in like eighteen fucking scenes. Well, specifically the scene at the end where he says, hey, "From Maryland, Jeffrey." <laughs> I. This is how we talk up here. Yeah. Body more murder. <laughs> Evidently, I, you know. Yeah. Well, maybe pool. As somebody I felt so at home when I visited up there a couple years ago. I was like, finally, yeah. my people. <laughs> As somebody that has, you know, like, drained a lot of joy out of going to other places on the planet and telling people that I come from the place where The Wire and Blair Witch happened, uh, not so much anymore. That's just gonna be The Wire. That's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna um, tell people I'm from Book of Shadows, Blair Witch. 
I think the odds of anyone calling you on that are significantly lower. I would hope so. But, uh, like, wait, wait, where's your accent? It's like, oh, well, I guess I'm not from Maryland. You caught me. By the way, I'll tell you this much. It's still somehow better than uh, Blair Witch 3. And uh, maybe that's a hot take or something. I don't know. But I I didn't like Blair Witch 3 at all. I believe you. Blair Witch 2 is, like, my thing is, maybe it's because I saw that fucking video, but, like, when I watch Blair Witch 2, I'm like, oh, I can see the remnants of a good movie. I can see, like, the skeletal structure of a real movie in here. And, uh... Then the flashbacks happen, and then the other stupid shit happens. I have to admit, like, that stupid-looking goth girl is going to be in the movie no matter what, so there's not much I could do there. Which one? The Wiccan. All right, yeah, Blessed Be. She actually says that out loud, man. Years and years and years ago, I downloaded, like, a fan edit that put it in chronological order, and that's lost to time. Yeah, that's probably. doesn't exist anymore. Right, yeah. So I guess we'll never know. Well, conclusion. Who can say? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it was better than I expected it to be, but also worse than I expected it to be, which is hard. Uh, just a couple more things. Uh, I watched Air uh, a couple weeks ago now, so I don't have a ton to say about the minutiae of that movie. However, similar to the conversation we had about Guardians, man, it was really nice to sit down and watch a story that had no stakes. Like... Oh, cool. I wonder if Michael Jordan's going to sign with Nike. I have no frame of reference for what's going to happen here. It, it it allows that movie to breathe and work in a way that it probably shouldn't. Like, I'm not saying this movie's, you know, breaking ground. Like, I'm not saying everybody needs to see it. But, like, this is, like, a great movie to watch with your dad. Like, regardless of who your dad is. And not in a way that, like, you're going to be bored and you're just doing it for your dad's sake. Like, the movie works. Like, I think... I think Ben Affleck, as a director, kind of has some stuff figured out in terms of what people want to see from movies, which I would not have expected, you know, a while ago, considering where that guy's career was going. But I think this movie's pretty good. I I think that nobody needs to, you know, rush out of their sheets to go see it. Granted, at this point, it's probably out of theaters. I don't fucking know. But uh, uh, if this just pops up on your streaming feed in like September and you're like oh yeah that movie from Amazon like I wonder if this is good it is it's worth your time um that's what I had that pegged as when I saw the trailer like this will be a solid at home watch I thought that trailer looked dire I, everybody looks so fucking stupid in it like like the wigs that they put on people in that movie watching that trailer it reminded me of the Alito Battle Angel tra- trailer where you're like there's no way this is gonna look normal and then you're 10 minutes of that movie and they've played three songs from the 80s and it's like, oh, yeah, this looks normal. Okay, cool. Oh, you got which, it. That's wait, fine. Which movie, which trailer again? Air. Oh, the trailer for Air. Oh, okay. I did not see the yeah. trailer for Air and I haven't seen Air, but I would like to see it. Everyone keeps telling me it's actually good. It's it's a good movie. Everyone's wig is bad, but it's period-specific bad. So it won't bother you. Uh, just a couple more things here. Um... I'm very much not a stand-up comedy guy, so like, take you feel free to take this with a grain of salt. When stand-up comedy ends up on in my house, like new stand-up comedy that Netflix pays for, like I pay very little attention. But I do want to give props to John Mulaney for men who do an entire 90-minute Netflix special just on going to rehab and for it being pretty funny because he was like an uwu annoying wife guy, and then everybody realized he had a drug problem, and he kind of rebranded seamlessly and like that's worth a shout out to me because I expected this to be not funny and it was kind of funny 
and that's a win for him. Especially considering, you know, he had to go to rehab and stuff. So, you know, props to him. Man, I miss being hugely into stand-up, but those days are just long gone. It's just not as funny anymore. Like, I just, I feel the ticking timer for like, all right, which of these three annoying fucking topics are you going to cover? And then I'm yeah. going to tune out immediately. Exactly. And and that's like, Can't why... say anything and it click. I don't care. Yeah, that, that one's not good. And then like the oversexed version is not good. And then there's like one where the guy says fuck a lot. And that's kind of just what you get. And this was just like a semi-sincere recap of like having an intervention and going to rehab and the funny things that happen there and it's like oh this is fucking different like I like this because it's different and I don't know what mileage anybody listening to this is going to get out of that but I thought it was kind of cool uh last I got a Burt Kreischer special (laughs) maybe he'll take his shirt off again Uh. hilarious uh last thing to talk about here and this is going to segue into the extended succession conversation that Parker and I are going to have. But, uh, um, so I will say this out front, out in front before we get to that, um, succession at this point, there are three episodes left and this is easily my favorite thing I've ever seen on TV. And I will be genuinely hurt if they don't manage to stick the landing. Um, and because of that, I was like, I want to consume more things that Jesse Armstrong has worked on. You know, he's, famously like the writer of peep show and this and that and uh he also wrote a show earlier in his career called the thick of it which is like a british it's a british political show that is like the same kind of like black humor as succession which resulted in a movie uh adaptation called in the loop which is specifically about the decision of the u.s and the uk to go to war in iraq and all of the absolutely fucking moronic things that happened in that lead up and if you enjoy succession and you want to hear a hideous british man yell at somebody about how he looks like an eraser head baby this is the movie for you because it's very funny and it 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 does a very very good job of lampooning bureaucracy and you know all of the aspects of the political system that led careerists to decide to attack iraq um it's very, very good. And if you like Succession, you will also enjoy this movie. And I will eventually watch the show that this comes from because it was enjoyable. Uh, apparently, all of the characters that just love to yell obscenities at the other characters are parts of that show. And that part's all great. Uh, but, um, yeah, no. Very, very good. Don't know how I'd gone this long without seeing this movie as a lover of A, black comedy, and B, political nonsense. So... I'll put uh, on the thick of it once, but I got five minutes in and I'm like, I'm not ready for these accents right now. Yeah, you need the subtitles. For it. You that need was after the we subtitles. finished Veep, and they're like, it's very clearly everyone on that show will tell you, like, it was heavily inspired by the thick of it. And I was like, I'll get back to this later. I ain't, I ain't trying to read I this would, show right now. I don't know any of these fucking terms. I would start with the movie. Uh, so the movie is only like a half British cast, and they like to scream at each other. And then James Gandolfini shows up, and uh, it, right. it's. That it's it's pretty. If you're if you're vibing with Succession, you will vibe with this. Uh, and without further ado, I will hand off to you to talk about that. All right, let's just talk about this at great length. Correct. By great length, I just want to talk about how the character of Tom Wamsgames is just 
Not only is he my favorite character, but his accent and fighting to get out with every sentence really amplifies him in a way that you can't write a script. It's it's so good for like the random guy from Iowa in this fucking show to actually be a British guy. It's so good. Because <laughs> it is screaming to get out on a near constant basis, and it really elevates every line he says. He's I, so he, good in the show. Shit he says plays because at my new job i can't have headphones anymore which is a real bummer so i just like have shit on loop and i just keep hearing the phrase ludicrously capacious handbag and i keep (laughs) thinking about it who the fuck says that to another human being it's the the character being the juxtaposition between like being the sad cuck in front of all the real rich people and then going to his scenes with cousin greg where he's the funniest person who's ever existed it's so good (laughs) incredibly good bit this man whose life is falling apart and is being openly cuckolded by his wife just absolutely raw talking this poor little seven foot tall weirdo cousin that everyone in the family hates <laughs> succession is good because it's about family and that's what's it's most important correct i i truly appreciate that i never know at any point what they're talking about they just make analogies that don't work and talk about stock buybacks. I'm like, oh fuck yeah, dude! Who's yeah, close this. Kindle's gonna fucking close it, dude. I'm so excited. And that's that's part of the beauty of the show because there are normies out there that watch the show like they watch Game of Thrones, where they're like, oh, I wonder who's gonna end up with the company. Oh, I'm so excited to see what's gonna happen. And knowing this fucking writer and this fucking show, and that. Not knowing what's going to happen in the finale, but knowing that whatever it is is going to hurt all of those people deeply because they love these characters. Oh my god, dude! It, it it makes me feel so warm inside. Like you're you're caught up. Like you're you're one hundred percent caught up. Fully caught up. Okay, so uh, I guess succession spoilers. If you're for some reason not caught up on this, but uh. When Kendall goes out to give the fucking presentation, and you're expecting him to bomb, big, and he big shoes, and big he, shoes, and he doesn't bomb, and you're like, oh shit, he's got this. And then thirty seconds later, the revelations it's in, like, oh my god, they're gonna hurt him so much more than this. He's oh, gonna yeah. think he's gonna get this thing, and this show's gonna rip it out from under his feet in the next three hours of television, like. Oh my god, dude. I, I I get home from work at 4.30 Monday morning, and no matter how tired I am, I put the show on immediately. Like, I have never been so riveted by a piece of TV. This thing is fucking perfect. And if they do anything that fucks up the ending of this, I'm going to be so upset. I don't understand the people, like, you were mentioning before, like, how do you not watch this show and not realize, like, no, there's no happy ending for any of these people. Correct. They're all miserable, awful people who deserve bad things. And if like, you like, if you see other things this guy has done, like you know, like this whole thing is like a contemptuous look at them and everything they stand for. This, we're not trying to figure out who is going to win the Game of Thrones. They're all going to have a horrible, horrible downfall. And they deserve it. Fuck them. Fuck I, every one of them. I can't wait. I, but also, I, Kendall is my baby son, and I love him. Correct. To win. You can't not love that character, despite the fact that your first exposure to Jeremy Strong was probably as the rules guy. Correct. 
<laughs> Which may, really makes you want to rewatch that movie now. Let me tell I know, you. I know. Like really how do you, how you put this weirdo method actor in your fucking Matthew McConaughey movie where he's like, "I am the rules. You must listen to the rules, or else." <laughs> like my uh, my knowledge of this show was like you and a bunch of people telling me like, "No, seriously, watch it." And then the lead up to the final season that everyone knew was the final season was just Brian Cox being like. I don't fucking get this method acting. It's stupid. I wish he'd stop doing it. <laughs> it's so good. They all hate him so much. <laughs> and so it, com- it comes out in the perfect amount on set. Like, I... Imagine you're the seventh Colkin brother. You're just trying to be on this cool show and you have this fucking weirdo method acting every take. I'd lose my mind. So, uh, as, as an endorsement of In the Loop, uh, our boy Carl is in that. Uh... Getting to just throw heaters in six scenes and then disappear into the background, just like he does in this show. Oh, yeah, dude. Him dressing down Kendall uh, before Kendall goes out to give his presentation. I laughed so hard I had to pause the show and it woke my wife at five in the morning. <laughs> like, it's so fucking good that everyone around these people is like, these are fucking idiots and we know they're fucking idiots and we have to figure out how much of their idiocy we can tolerate before we step in it's it's beautiful the show is it's everything i've ever wanted in a tv show i cannot say enough good things about succession because you like all of the kids you want them all to succeed but if you take a step back the plot of the show is which of these moron dipshit fail sons will inherit daddy's billion dollar company but the answer is i hope they all fucking die Correct. When you're watching, you're like, I would do anything for my sweet baby boy, Kendall. <laughs> I like the fact that they like brought up his kids in the beginning, just so you at home realize, like, oh yeah, we even see this family in like two seasons. Yeah, he's just completely ignored them, and that's not by accident. He's completely ignored them to hang out with Dasha. <laughs> that when you were talking about taking me, I had to play that close to the vest and not uh, make a noise. <laughs> I didn't want to explain why I knew who that was. Yeah. Ooh. We played that one real cool, let me tell you. The one and only problem with that show, but also literally the spitting image of somebody that Kendall would hang out with. Yeah, correct. If that was a real person, like 1,000%. There is no doubt in my mind that Kendall would listen to Red Scare. I don't even have to think about it. Um, I just also appreciate how there aren't flashbacks. Like They'll just like drop a piece of lore about their childhood. And it's always the most devastating thing you've ever heard. And they'll just brush it off like, yeah, so anyways, the deal. It's like, wait, hang on, yeah. back up. What it's, did you, did you what, Looney Cake, what are you fucking talking about? <laughs> it's the most psychotic thing I've ever heard in my life. It's, it's so funny. Like, the even the way that, like, stuff they do drop earlier comes back in a way that it's not just, like... They understand the audience listening to you to constantly reference something. Like, you probably didn't have this experience as somebody that watched, you know, three and a half seasons in two weeks. But uh, when Tom and Shiv are having their fight on the balcony in the most recent episode, and Tom starts screaming about how he almost went to jail, it's like, oh yeah, he almost went to jail. <laughs> like, it just hasn't been brought up in a season and a half. Every time they're in the room together, he's just talking, he's researching prisons on his yeah, own to find so out good. the safest it's one. It's so good. Cool. It says if I go here, you know they have. When, when he takes when he takes fucking Greg to the diner because he wants to learn about how prison food works. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> so good. I love.
love Tom with all of my heart and soul. <laughs> I, I I think Matthew McFadden should be in literally everything from here forward. He's so good in the show. But so is everybody. There isn't a weak performance in that whole cast. And like I don't know any show that's ever taken place that I can say that about. Maybe Mad Men. Maybe. It took, it took me two or three episodes to realize that the oldest brother was Cameron from Ferris Bueller. But then oh, like, oh no, yeah. that makes it, that makes a hundred percent like yeah, that's the perfect choice. That's just the same character, except better. It's, it's God. I, I my be... girlfriend. She was like the first episode. Like, yeah, it's kind of funny. It's pretty good, I guess. And now she is as locked in as I am. We get home from work. She's like. I turn it on. I don't want anything spoiled. Let's go. Let's sit here for yeah. this hour and bang this yep. out. I don't care yep. that we're tired. When you said when yesterday we weren't sure where we were going to record, I was like, please say no. Please say tomorrow. I want to watch this before I <laughs> fucking ruin it. Because I know next week's episode is supposed to be devastating, and then the finale is an hour and a half long. I am ready. I. Beyond locked in with the show in a way I've not been in a very long time because for I me it's TV. Yeah, for me it's never. I've I don't think I've ever. Uh, no, no, that's not true. The last show that I really followed week to week and cared about when I missed was Twenty Four. Like it's been it's been that long. Like I, this show I'm still is here by the way. Perfect. I have felt the same way about Twenty Four. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't forget yeah. you, buddy. Uh, if this is not a ringing endorsement of why you should start watching this in three weeks when it ends. Um, I don't know what else we could say. No, I get it. I, I'm trying to. Might as well just wait it out to make sure they stick the landing. Yeah, yeah. You've made it this far. Yeah. Yeah. What a I weird time to pick this it. up for you. Well, <laughs> well. Once the episode three spoilers started leaking and everyone kept talking about, it, I was like, all right, I just need to watch this show. I was going to watch it anyways. I'm just going to get through yeah. it without finding out. And then you know, you can kind of guess what it is because even when people are vague, you're like, well. It, I wonder who it was. That's that's the first thing I've been genuinely spoiled on in like a decade, and it was because I got home from work early, took medical, and was couch locked for four hours, didn't want to turn on the TV, and was scrolling Twitter. And then people in the morning like woke up and started posting about it because I guess that's when the statute of limitations ends. And I was like, "Oh well, fuck! I guess I gotta watch this right now." And now I don't wait a second. It's like, oh, cool! I can't, I can't talk to people. I can't talk to people. No, see my slop. Show. It's, it's perfect. It doesn't matter that they're all psycho sociopath billionaires who do not love themselves or each other. Correct. Because it's just like the most basic thing that every human being feels is like feeling inadequate and having family issues. Anyone can relate to that on any level. Not to their level, but it's you could connect with it. Like I... woman is a fucking psychopath sex monster who is going to be killed one day. But also, you're like, oh, sweet little baby brother, just wants yeah. to love him, little fellow. I, I do not do this for anything ever. I barely rewatch movies that I like. I've watched the scene of Tom and Shiv on the balcony seven times in the past two days. Like, <laughs> I have not seen a scene that makes me feel that exact feeling of when you're having that fight in any piece of media ever. It's yeah, just, yeah. it's, 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 it's perfect. It's, me to my core. even if I can't relate to a single thing these two people are mad about, like, it's a per- it's a perfect depiction of it. It's an absolutely perfect fucking, depiction. Like, like looking at a distance, both of these people fucking suck horribly. Yeah. They're both rich pieces of shit who would not piss on you if you were on fire. But I'm just like watching, I had my laptop on my legs and I just like closed it and stared wide-eyed at the screen like a fucking deer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
It unearths every emotion from every bad, messy fucking breakup you've ever had. Oh, yeah. Holy. Yeah. It's. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't rewatched it yet. Yeah. We're not ready to cross that bridge. Just uh, it's a good scene, though. I was just uh, rewind. Okay, rewind. Oh, oh, the sun's coming up. Rewind. Like, yeah. yeah, I should have said that, but I didn't. Well, anyway. Uh, <laughs> I hope she wins the company. <laughs> yes, if for some reason you're sleeping on the show, stop sleeping on the show. It's fucking perfect. I I say this as somebody who never expected that the TV that I loved from 20 years ago when, you know, the Wired Band Brothers came out, like I never expected that to really get topped. Just cuz like TV kind of seems like it's going in a mostly negative direction, but uh holy shit, dude. Holy shit. Like the show is unbelievable. I I think this might be the best thing we've produced as a species. And I say that without a single hint of irony. Well, I mean, it's... Look, as someone who doesn't watch TV, it's, those episodes are an hour. And, uh, we made sure to watch minimum one every day, despite having to flip our work schedules completely. Like, uh-huh. waking up at the time I used to fall asleep flipping. Like, yeah. Oh, I know. would come home on zero sleep, ten hours on my feet, dead-eyed, like, all right, let's at least get halfway there. If I fall asleep, we'll finish it tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, Ab- will not miss a day. Like locked in, goaded show. It's just nice to like watch it as it airs for once. Even yeah, if it's only a couple episodes. Oh like, yeah, guys, yeah. part of the conversation. I did it. I, it's not going to be six years now. I'll be like, did you guys ever watch Succession? Shows that show kind of smacks. Like, yes, Parker, we know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not watching anything else week to week, nor will I be. However, this I'll one finish, earned it. This I'll one fucking earned it. Because yeah. it airs on the same day, and also it's only 30 minutes. Like, yeah. yeah I'll throw that on after. I should. I, I understand that it's good. But uh, it's it, I, whatever I watch after Succession, I'm not going to like. So I just don't put anything else on. That is fair. It's a good way to end the day, but also the adrenaline kind of spikes a bit. Oh yeah. Pacing and theorizing oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, let's welcome Chris back to the show as we talk about the uh, the rest of the things you watched. That was only one other thing, and of course, speaking of one of the best things we've made as a species, uh, definitely cocaine bear. Let me tell you, what a piece <laughs> of dog shit that is. Uh, did not care for it. Yeah, what well, gave it that away? Like I, I couldn't uh, figure that one out. Did not laugh, nor was it violent. Swing and a miss. Good job, guys. I, I, it was really funny to me to hear you describe this as a horror comedy because I was like, "Oh, it's neither of those things." I know, but you know, I, I know, I know. <laughs> I wanted to narrow it down to a sentence. Yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, either it works for you or it doesn't. In ten minutes, I can tell, like, "Oh, this is not working for me." Well, you didn't like the terror attacks. Yeah. Funny. And then that's, the bear attacks uh, didn't work for me. I was like, "Ah, whatever." That's for normies. It's fine. Oh yeah. Oh, the normies. Uh, there's a reason it stayed on the whole way through, because the normies that were here were having a ball. It's like oh, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I'll just keep. I'll just keep drinking. I'm not gonna ruin this for everyone. Isn't there? Oh, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell you, you live in. You live and learn. You learn to stop being that guy sometimes. Uh huh. Well, sometimes. sometimes. But uh, that's really it, because. Uh, it's been a uh, sleep, work, watch succession, sleep. So yeah, that's about it. This I is this is the American dream: sleep, work, watch yeah. succession. 
Disagree. <laughs> Let's talk about the Pope's Exorcist, which is oh, a with pleasure. Which, by the way, based on two books: an Exorcist tells his story, and an Exorcist more stories by Father Gabriel <laughs> Amorth. Well, no, that's the second one hundred movies. I've heard from a reliable source that the books are good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, as a seasoned IMDb people such as ourselves, you know a movie's good when you pulled up and see uh, writers, one name, and then, and five others, and you have to click <laughs> to see who else is credited. That's <laughs> always a good sign for your 90-minute exorcism movie. Yeah. They're good books. So, uh, this takes place in 1987, a very good year, mostly because I wasn't born, and uh, it's in uh, Shittily, and he's, he's, uh, he goes into this little town... And I was like, oh, we have, uh, we have to talk about the scene, okay? This is one of my favorite scenes. Uh, it's like, oh, please help my son. Talk he is also sick. And uh, he may have uh, the demon inside him. And Russell Crowe is doing an Italian accent for the whole movie, which made me really happy. Oh. Oh, <laughs> when I say yeah, an Italian is. accent, again, for the viewers at home, I'm doing, like, finger quotes. So he goes in there, well, and he starts kind of, like, <laughs> trading barbs with the demon. He's just like, oh. Uh, hold on, Chris, what? Chris. Chris, time out. Right. How, how do they know he's possessed? Uh, well, <laughs> because he's speaking English. <laughs> uh, and it's like, uh, I, I, I did, I actually have to admit I wrote that down. Uh, because this is, which, by the way, they, I guess it means we're all possessed here, by the way. Uh, to explain a lot. TFW. Well, anyway, um, Russell Crowe starts doing a Bugs Bunny routine with this guy to exercise the demon. He's just like, oh, so you're you're the demon, right? Well, it means you can possess anything. I dare you to possess that pig over there, and uh, he does, and then they blow the pig's head off with a shotgun. <laughs> Exorcism done. One of the strongest openings I've ever seen in my life. I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, with you. it's so good. I I have to admit, you, I was actually doing a wabbit season, duck yeah. season to trick the devil into being a pig, and then just dome shotting it with a shotgun. Yeah is insane but, but it's okay because we learn in a very short manner this is actually a fake demon right exactly, this guy's yeah. a big old faker yeah and they just tricked him into getting exercise yeah i guess because that's how exorcisms work like oh fuck he got me mm -hmm. there's no real demon here yeah well they learned I'm gonna this. drop my bit now yeah they learned this when uh, he is brought before a church tribunal where there's a young hotshot priest who wants to take control over this upstart hey, chris where's he from guy. Uh, I I don't remember. Where is he from? He's from Boston. The bad guy in this movie, other than the devil, is he later ends up in Guam, which to which there's a really good line at the end of the movie. I will pray for Guam. As you should. Yeah. Oh boy. Anyway, I do like to hear the tribunal. The guy comes out and says, "Look, most of the time, these exorcisms, like ninety-eight percent of the time, these exorcisms are really just theatrics. You know, it's just like we calm down the peasants, give them to pay a couple ties to the church, and uh, we're out in time for uh, some Yahtzee when we get home." And then the guy's like, "Well, what about the other two percent?" To which the, I like that the camera kind of like comes down from like his forehead to the, like slowly over here. There's like ominous music right in front of his face. Evil. But he says it with like an Italian <laughs> accent, so. <laughs> So I guess it'd be like evil. Uh. <laughs> so, 
Uh, he what else was going on? Oh yeah, there's a new family. Uh, family moves into an abbey in Italy, and a lot of the times when I watch movies like this, maybe this is a personal thing. Spain. Oh, Spain. Spain. It's in Spain. They're oh, right, in Spain. Right. Okay, okay. We know that we know this because he has to ride his Vespa all the way from the Vatican. Oh, right. But dude, <laughs> dude. Yeah. But, which, by the way, that was one of my favorite scenes too. So he's just riding around uh, Europe on his Vespa. And uh, fighting demons of the world. <laughs> you mean you mean four of your favorite scenes, right? Because he's on this Vespa a lot. <laughs> well, I mean the one, the first one initially, because I think there's like a, a it shows like his robe sort of flying. You can see his bare leg and everything. I'm just like, they could <laughs> fucking tape that down. <laughs> oh, scandalous! You know, here's my thing: is like I I, I see in a lot of these movies. Uh, like all sorts of different movies. Usually, I think they're in family movies. Like, oh, the family just moved to this new place, but the kids aren't having a good time. This isn't home. I'm on the kids' sides here. All right, <laughs> this looks like a really this lousy place, place to live. <laughs> Can we talk about the little kid? That's... The little kid looks like the guy from A Clockwork Orange. What the fuck is wrong with his face? <laughs> all right, so it's funny that you say this because I think one of the big reasons this movie doesn't work is because the kid isn't creepy enough. He reminds me more of the kid from Spy Kids than he does, like, a kid from an exorcism. I think he was creepier before the exorcism. Once he gets exorcised, I'm like, oh, no, he's back to normal. (laughs) You have to either be creepy already or, like, the face of, like, pure childlike innocence. And just from seeing one, I'm like, I hate this fucking kid. Yeah. (laughs) I want to watch this kid for an hour. Oh, yeah, he is really quite annoying. Especially once he gets possessed, because then it turns into... An exorcism movie. <laughs> but, but we're not there yet because, you know, at, at this point, there are still all of these workers working on the, uh, you know, restoring this abbey. One of them gives the teenage daughter a cigarette because he's fucking Italian or whatever. And that's just what they do there. And then they they burrow a hole in the basement and a fart cloud comes out and they explode. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the demons are very gaseous, and it also it kill. What doesn't it like kill those two workers? It's like okay, gotta lay back a bit. Yeah, Yeah. we gotta lay back a bit. We're trying to possess these guys, Steve. Okay, not just blow them up. And the demon has to be like okay. (laughs) Just uh, you know, in case anybody out there in Chinese cinema is listening right now. Light those guys on fire for real. Your, your audiences will like it more when you pay $100 million to watch this movie. Oh, by the way, Alex, a question for you specifically. Do you think his Vespa needed, like, a little bell that goes ding-ding? Because I think that would have made it a lot better. <laughs> I think if your Vespa's that fucking bright, you don't need to call extra attention to yourself. Yeah, I just like the idea of, like, nine of those going down the streets. <laughs> They're wearing more I mean, jerseys. I, I mean, it, it, it did, in fact, remind me of Denver Scooter Gang. Yeah. But, uh... Um, you know, not in all of the good ways, so. <laughs> kind of want a Vespa now. All right, so. Uh, I Same, but I've wanted a Vespa for a decade, so. So the thing about fucking uh, <laughs> Russell Crowe in this movie is Russell Crowe likes to do bits with the demons. Because according to oh him, God. hell he hates humor. He loves bits. <laughs> he really is Bugs Bunny. He is. Fucking movie. Dude, th- this devil. is the most fucking Looney Tunes-ass <laughs> movie I've seen since Space Jam. The demon literally does. Hey, which one? I've. Uh, Demon Part B twenty three is uh No 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 which space gym? Oh New Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> <A good one. laughs> 
one with the LG rhythm. Make sure we're on the yeah. same page. I mean, we got to deep into and shave it a haircut two bits. And he was, and fuck. So we had to take a giant saw and saw a hole in the bottom around yeah. the bed. Yes. <laughs> so Russell Crowe does the Bugs Bunny thing at the beginning, and his favorite thing is to do like the Daffy Duck cuckoo cuckoo to like anyone who just, I guess, bothers him. He walks out of that tribunal. <laughs> Which I thought, I maybe I wasn't following because of those accents, but I thought they just fired him. So he's just like, oh, well, I'm, you guys don't pay me anymore. So what do I have to stay here for? I guess he, he said, well, the Pope is my boss. Why am I listening to you? And they're like, well, you get back here, old man. Russell Crowe saying, you talk uh, to my boss, yeah. referring to the Pope. It's so fucking funny. I just imagine your dad, like, the movie's on in the background. He's sitting there reading the newspaper, and he just see, hears someone say, Chief Exorcist, and he, like, peers up over the top, like, are you watching their sport? Also, uh, just for the listeners, I want you to keep in mind that at this point in the story, all we know about the Pope is that uh, he may or may not be sick. They tell us that in this scene, for reasons that we will get to later. Yeah. I, I like the idea of my dad watching this, because if he heard this, like, uh, my biggest nightmare is a France winning the World Cup, <laughs> he would have been like, Do you just hear a change it? <laughs> <laughs> you know your friend Parker would have been fine if he had his own gun. You know, fight back. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. <laughs> Appreciate it. I'm okay. <laughs> so they get in there, and oh yeah, he brings in his little uh, cuck friend, the cuck priest, who, uh, like, I guess just Bro, priest what would are, be... <laughs> What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was that was a lot. <laughs> I was like, uh, you gotta help me out here because uh, this exorcism they're taking it kind of seriously now, and he's not responding to bits. <laughs> 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 the fact that so much of this is like, a, <laughs> just you know, I, I, I Chris, I hate to bring this up for your sake, but the thing it reminds me of is you know when Jesus is on Family Guy. <laughs> oh, I thought this was going like, to be doing, something like, a finger, lot worse. The finger tricks or it goes behind his back and stuff. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't like to bring up Family Guy in your presence. I know it's yeah. a sore subject for you, but... I, you um, know what it reminds me of? I was, I, I kind of, I kept thinking about, uh, what is it, uh, the fucking, I think it was It Chapter 2, where it's like, they kill the demon by posting at it. <laughs> and uh, yeah. apparently posting at this demon and, and the bits simply do not work. And in fact, the demon does its own bit right back at it by puking up a bird. A cardinal, I guess. And uh, Chief Exorcist, why are you wasting your time giving the devil a haircut like that? <laughs> it, it, it gets back at him by doing jackass spits at him. <laughs> so what the devil really hates is when you dress up like a woman and then kiss it. Oh, <laughs> Dave, you must touch it. <laughs> the devil, she can't handle it. Monsters are such interesting people. Great, thanks. Uh, if you guys wanted to hear the episode of the shittiest Italian accents, you chose the right one. Hell yeah! Dude. All right. So, uh, by the way, this is the scene that, that got close to me, uh, Parker. I, I think you were raised Catholic, uh, Alex. Uh, in, nope. Oh, I thought. No, never mind. Uh, Alex, uh, I, guess I mean, it's a fair guess. I understand. Alex, no one knows where I came yeah, from. Alex N slash A. So, uh, I, I have. I am in fact Catholic, and in fact, it was raised Catholic. And when it gets to the part where it's like, oh, the bits aren't working, we have to actually do our jobs for change. He's like, okay, 
confess all your sins because the devil can smell your sins uh, and he'll like use it against you. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, that actually. What if he can smell sins? <laughs> well, we, the reason they happen. Well, we we know this because uh, he it's, he smells back to his past where he was a partisan in the war. <laughs> Want to talk about the war the scene? Devil knows more about us than we know Dude, about ourselves. He's the shittiest partisan of all time. Well, his group was so big. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Let's walk down the street with our guns out yeah. and mow down by a machine. Just gun. right, we like fucking got you know, those Nazis. Right in the fucking middle of all those wars, where they're where could it be? So you don't want to stick the shadows. <laughs> anyway, so it's like, yeah, the devil can smell your sins on you. It knows. Uh, it knows if you've been naughty. It knows if you've been nice. And uh, he's. He says, confess, but uh, there's a difference in the thing. It's like, ah, oh, come on, come on, confess. Let's go. Let's get this over with. He's like, okay, bless me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been eight months since my last confession. He's like, eight months? Stand up. I forgive you for whatever. I don't have time for this. That that cut, for, cut me for two reasons. One, it's like, you can't just, like, gloss over everything like that. You have to make him say a couple Hail Marys or something. Also, eight months? Dude, it's been, like, 20 years since my last confession. I don't fucking do that. I've never seen a priest speedrun a confession before. <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. I have a feeling that, like, they... I bet if you talk to a priest, they'd ask you if you ever done they'd be like, all oh, the fucking time, dude. I just enjoy that every time he's pulled aside, he just wants to do some fucking who's on first routine <laughs> while this kid is fighting for his life upstairs. <laughs> Chief Exorcist Fatty Arbuckle over here. All this kid is being ripped apart from the inside. Tell me, my son, what did did you do? I was like, well, you know, 798 movies to go so far. I was like, okay, my son, get the fuck out. (laughs) You know, know, as as you've established, like, I'm not familiar with how these procedures work at all. Mm -hmm. So, uh, at what point does the seal of the Spanish Inquisition usually come up? (laughs) Right around... Oh, wait a minute. It's been a while, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is one of the things in this movie indeed. <laughs> it's so much of this movie yeah. is that the, a demon did the Spanish Inquisition <laughs> this movie reminds me a lot of Bugs Bunny and also uh, the South Park episode where the priest wants to change the holy document of Vatican law yeah <laughs> <laughs> perhaps we should forget about the Gilgamex for a second there are uh... <laughs> I feel like there's a very good reason this movie's made $9 million in Mexico. Hell yeah, dude. Do you think it's like one of those things, Parker, we always talk about this, like 1903, the great trade rapper, the guy's pouring the gun at the screen, the people there think it's real. (laughs) (laughs) They're like sending their kids there so they're going to be like, this is the next best thing to confession. (laughs) (laughs) Russell Crowe will save you. No, you can't play Fortnite Mobile while Russell Crowe's on the screen. If you spend, if you take mommy's credit card and spend it all on V Bucks, he's gonna come down the street on the Vespa and take your soul. This is this is the sequel to no. This is like the good version of the Curse of La Llorona. <laughs> <What's>... <laughs> all right, so uh, they they just oh, imagine him trying to pronounce La Llorona, dude. <laughs> I love it. God, that priest is unhinged. La, so la, <laughs> la. he just sings it like La Bamba. I I was okay, same, but uh, tequila. <laughs> Yorona. Yoda. <laughs> okay, so they they just can't get this demon out of this little boy uh, because he's doing swears at them, and uh, that makes them very sad. 
And sometimes a demon possesses like his sister, and sometimes it's, it kind of doesn't do that anymore. They're just like, God, oh, we just want this little boy who we don't even like to be okay. Uh, oh, let's get back to the Pope. You know, well, let's talk about the Pope. Uh... <laughs> let's let's talk more about the Pope. We gotta talk about the Pope because the Pope's getting kind of sick. Maybe oh. you might you might have thought you might have thought this was a minor character in this movie about an exorcism. However, it turns out the adventures of the Pope are integral to everything that's happening on the screen because. Once the seal of the Spanish Inquisition has been broken, the Pope is inflicted by his sickness where he vomits blood on the Cardinals. Yeah, including the Boston <laughs> Cardinal, which uh, I guess pukes up the region of the Vatican. <laughs> I asked $7 at Fenway. So, uh, the Pope is, by the way, the this Pope really is reading is books. Fucking... Which, he doesn't have people do that for jackass baby. It really does. Yeah. The fuck is it is jackass meets Looney Tunes. <laughs> Do you think Looney Tunes is like a forerunner of Jackass in a way? I kind of feel like it. Because, yes. <laughs> like, you know Phil would have been one of the original characters. <laughs> Come on, Bugs, get out of that damn hole. I got work in the morning. We have to send Russell Crowe to the woods to find Bam <laughs> That's the second location that, where, where God's light does not touch the earth. Yeah. <laughs> the woods where Bam Margera lives. Found Bam Margera over by Montgomery College. <laughs> So yeah, he uh, while the while the Pope is reading books by himself, funny, which which again, the Pope is like the Pope should like have people who do this stuff for him, you know. Anyway, he learns. Read? Yes. <laughs> what is he supposed to do? Then? He's supposed to do like PR the man can't stuff. Read his own old ass books. Yeah, he's yeah. You get like your team of researchers. Then you have you know you go to like PR stunts and stuff. And you I guess the Pope not Mobile. reading like your old ass books is why they've hated the gays for two thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> again, you got like a team of people who does like the research for you. He doesn't just fucking. The Pope has more important stuff to do. Not like talk with God. I mean like. Trying to get abortion banned. Projectile <laughs> vomiting. Yeah. So he learns that uh, he, this is like where he learns John about Knoxville the uh, old age makeup. This is where he learns about the uh, the Spanish Inquisition because it was originally one of the exorcists was a founder of the Spanish Inquisition. I guess I didn't know that, but uh, upon learning, it doesn't change much about it for me. You <laughs> soaked a region of the country. <laughs> what a weird lateral move. Yeah. Like yeah, so anyways, we murdered a thousand people. I think I'm ready to save some lives. Yeah. Let's get these demons out of them. Yeah. Uh, your methods are a little unorthodox. Yeah. What with the, you know, the murders and such. Bam. No, we should also talk about the woman, the <laughs> a- Aimworth. Uh, his his uh, woman where he's... <laughs> yeah. She's like, hey, I, I didn't This needs to be talked about, yeah. He's like, uh, uh, it's not really my problem. I don't know if you look up and then she kills herself. And he feels kind of bad about it. The flashback where reveals like, yeah, you're not possessed. You just have like mental illness. You should see a doctor. And then she kills herself. He's just like, damn, I should have prayed harder. That's what, my biggest no. sin. And he said, that's what led me to my career in show business. Now <laughs> I put on a it's, little show that saves people. It is it is unbelievably funny that this canonical character in the Catholic Church is most guilt ridden over the fact that he accidentally covered up sexual abuse. It is just. It is. Almost too on the nose to go from the Spanish Inquisition thing to this. <laughs> In this fucking national treasure ass franchise movie about exorcism Russell Crowe, which it's important to note was marketed in this country as just a regular exorcism movie. Correct. 
<laughs> marketed as is like, oh my god, if if the Pope's exorcist gets taken out, then the Pope is in danger. <laughs> so it's like, we did, they did what? I did they tell you guys? I didn't. What? How many of them? Oh, beans. Oh, there's also we should talk about the cuck priest too. He's sad because uh, he had sex with a woman. He, he fucked. He fucked, which yeah. is disgusting. Yeah, he should burn in hell. Yeah. But. Well, he has to wear a miraculous medal as a result. But also, the devil bites off his ear, which kind of owns. Yeah. Hey, you know, we haven't really talked much about Just the exorcism scenes because, like, there's not much to them. right Because they're it. bad? Yeah, there's, like, exactly. There's not much to them, you know? It's just, most of it is just, like, like, eye makeup and shit. Who cares? He fucking walks in and the devil's like, oh, I'm actually okay. And I was like, all right, cool. Let me get right up close so you can tell me a secret. <laughs> fucking moron. Come closer. <laughs> this really does feel like a Looney Tunes fucking movie. <laughs> it does. It's, 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 I am a wabbit. One, <laughs> one of the most bizarre things about this movie is that, like, I feel like all of these cartoon fucking bits, like, would actually play if you make this, like, a real PG-13, you know, franchise-building movie. Like, a Da Vinci Code or a National Treasure. Like, I feel like the DNA of that is there. But then, like, five minutes later, you got somebody walking on the ceiling and yelling the fuck word, and then there's just titties for no reason. It's like, yeah, it's who just, is this yeah. for? I mean, every like, single time I don't understand it. who this is for. Well, I think what it, well, speaking of someone's some experience in this area, and I don't mean my Catholicism, Horror movie fans don't necessarily have the highest of standards here, you know? Well, yeah, they're fucking retarded. <laughs> they just, but, like, you know, it's I, obviously... Even horror movies would not see 200 of these, like, horror movie fans. Like, that, even they have You standards. know, a lot of movie franchises they're, they're don't ta- quite have 200 movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, yet. Yet. <laughs> we just haven't had movies for long enough yet, Chris. Yeah, maybe they need to make it, like, it's, like, 200 good deeds for, uh... Father Gabriel Amor. <laughs> you know? Amor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, this little cuck priest, uh, he's not cut out for this. No, he's not. Because he walks in that room, uh, the devil posts at him for 30 seconds, and he just snaps and starts choking a child. Exactly. <laughs> Bro, what did you think this was going to be? Chill out. Don't take the bait. Don't let the devil ever say I was mad online. Don't let him print <laughs> it in the newspaper. Yeah. Well, by the way, what are the opening uh, text scrolls for, not text scroll, I guess it's just a text slate. Is uh, someone says? Uh, I guess it was uh, Father Gabriel Amorth said, uh, "The devil is happiest when we deny him," or something like that. And that was when it's revealed that he was a the papal exorcist from I guess eighty seven to twenty sixteen. I'm on the Boston guy's side. The Pope doesn't need an exorcist in twenty sixteen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. When I saw 2016, that stopped me dead yeah. in my tracks. Like, what I kind mean, of fucking legacy job yeah. is this, dude? I Come mean, on. A- after 04, what did they have left to win? <laughs> See, one of the kind of player coach bullshit is this. Dude? I guess if you want to talk about Catholicism, this vis-a-vis my experience with it. Uh, during the tribunal, uh, the Pope's like, "So, if there's no demons for me to exercise, you're saying evil doesn't exist." And the Boston Knights like. I guess. I don't know. Fucking, where are you going with this? He's like, so if evil doesn't exist, then why does the church even exist? Hmm? And I would have said, about a million and one reasons. <laughs> you know? This has nothing to do with... Dilmar would have been great I, in this role. I have a feeling that, like, Father <laughs> Gabriel Amorth's uh, whole thought of, uh, of what the church is supposed to be is just... Defense! Defense! <laughs> and uh, he's kind of mad that they get to go on offense now. Oh, like all you know those what? all those Eagles fans in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah I got you. Yeah, look, I, I am just saying, Padre. Once you score, you just hand the yeah. ball off to the devil. You don't have to showboat. You don't have to hot dog it. 
<laughs> so uh, that's when they go beneath the abbey and they find the uh it's the same dungeon from that uh that fucking who's the what the military school one we watched with uh uh, Howard. Evil Speed. Evil Speed. They, they find the dungeon from Evil Speed. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. <laughs> yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And uh, they're down there, they're doing some research, so they find a cage that's like, no, it's not to keep him from getting out, it's to keep him safe. <laughs> like, well, there's holes where people can, like, hit up with sticks and stuff. He's not doing great there. Also, he's a skeleton, so he's not that safe. Anyway, mm. Father Gabriel Morth is, like, down there with a fucking torch. And I kept thinking about the Tom Cruise mummy, you know? I was like... Wait, it's hard not to. Fair. <laughs> you know, also considering, you know, this is in China. So he says, I finally found the secret. And he's like, yeah, what's that? He's like, they're going to possess the kids so they can possess me. And then they possess the Pope. And then they possess the world. Or, I'm, you know, whatever. But uh, guess I'll just kill myself. <laughs> movie's over. Yeah. <laughs> See ya. And uh, anyway, that happens. <laughs> you know? So I'm going to shoot Dave. And then Dave's going to shoot me. And then Jason's going to walk in and we're both going to shoot Dave. Oh my god, the devil lured me here so he could possess me. Come and get to me. <laughs> Great P.S. Then two cops are going to show up and read this letter and then shoot each other. Also, I'm pretty sure, Parker, isn't this actually the plot of the first Exorcist movie? Yes. I think that's the I to think that's the fix, yeah. <laughs> and then he once he's possessed, him he and eats himself. himself out the window. Yeah, he tries to hang himself, but he's too fat. The demon's like, ah, oh, no, 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 he can't do that. So uh, too not... fat to hang yourself. I mean, that should make hanging work even better. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. those chairs are pretty high up, my man. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of... Get a get all the way up there. Anyway, uh, so uh, I wrote down an innocuous line just to like Please. put perspective yeah. on how good this movie is. Yeah. Uh, when Russell Crowe explains to him. Uh, Latin is close enough to Spanish. Prayer is more powerful in Latin. And then they just move on past it. <laughs> he just tells him to wing it and pretend he's speaking Spanish. That way the prayer is stronger. By the way, I also like, he's like, hey, do you want any whiskey? And it's like 9 o'clock in the morning. And the cuck priest is like, uh, no. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> down to like it's fucking characters <laughs> it's insane uh, it's, it's unbelievable that he didn't find like a flask of whiskey from the Spanish Inquisition days like in the in, in the dungeon it was like mm, yes still 15, good 1544 whiskey he would have said good year yeah I exactly bet my yeah. life I know it. I know <laughs> I like the idea of him putting like a little like curly straw in there <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we can't use too many ideas in this movie, you know, with what's to come in the future for this franchise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, they go into the, like, alright, uh, sorry about your dying kill, let's go into the basement. And then they just go into the c- fucking Tomb Raider in the Cradle of Life <laughs> in unearthed Catholic secrets from 500 years ago. Those are the best secrets from 500 like, years ago. Anyway, like, actually, imagine just going into the basement, finding an old book, and go like, huh. The devil did the Inquisition. That's wild. Should we get back upstairs? It was his fault we the whole time. Oh, the church must have covered it up. Like, yeah. Crazy. He was right under our noses the whole time. <laughs> the church covered up. Oh, actually, this bad thing didn't happen. It was just the devil. Yeah. Exonerated. It was kind of like Kaiser so Sose. So, anyway, uh, it's the cuck priest who comes to the rescue. And he's the one who saves the day because he believed in God. Well, message to the listeners. I already out forgot there. how this the climax of this movie went. I'm not gonna uh, lie. The good CGI guy wins. Demons start attacking. Yeah. It's fucking. Wild. It's really not very he, good. 
Demon Russell Crowe sitting on a throne holding Yeah, a exactly. Wait, where does he That's go? Dude, I, I kept thinking, it's like, is he in a fucking Final Fantasy dungeon? What is this? And, uh... It takes a ton. Yeah, they're uh, in some cavern. Possessed demon ladies attack him, and one of them just explodes oh, into yeah. blood Oh, yeah, fucking mist, covered in wild blood. for what again. Yeah. That was... Should be a PG-13 horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that, that leads to the great quip from this comedian priest. You look like shit. <laughs> yeah. You're anyway, down. the Dumb day is saved. Move. This guy's covered in blood. He's got more blood on him than like the woman from the end of Evil Dead Rise. And uh, I guess they take a shower and they go back to the Vatican. And the Pope is okay. He's just miraculously healed yeah. after being on seventeen different fucking hospital machines. As we're told for two hours that he's about to die. Yeah. You're like, oh no! What if the Boston guy becomes the Pope? Well, the Boston guy goes. Yeah, the Boston guy goes to Guam so he can deliver uh, division championship T-shirts to all the Guamites. And uh, <laughs> anyway, so oh yeah, it was like, oh, I have another uh, you know guy in charge, and it has like a little reveal of the black priest from the beginning of the movie. And I, I kind of felt like if I was in theaters, people would have been like, oh, my favorite character who had like one line before this. Uh, and he says, now you have 199 other demons to go kill. <laughs> insane. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the little ending line that. there before the great text thing is, uh, it's like, let's go to work. Let's go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a more work for uh, a few more years, and the books are good. But also, I hate the books. <laughs> he kept... <laughs> I just thought it was weird that he came out of the basement there and he was dressed like a matador. Like <laughs> <laughs> he does like a little like nose thing. <laughs> <laughs> he really does seem like he would have been the guy who would be like, possess me, do you possess me? He gets right out of the way with like the matador's like cape and runs into an anvil. <laughs> oh, too slow. <laughs> Devil season. God season. Devil season. God season. <laughs> He really does fucking do it. I dare you step across that line. <laughs> oh, awesome literature. So. I don't know. Like, I didn't make this connection while watching it, but the second you said it, the whole movie, like, yeah. fucking Rubik's yeah. Cube was yeah. solved. It is insane. Dumbest thing I've I ever mean, this. I mean, life. I guess this is kind of the twist. I like this movie. I had a good time with it. No, it's, so it's stupid, but I, I had a really good time with this. I, I laughed. Uh, every... I, had, I had fun. I was engaged for most of it. I have to say, actually, once it did get up to the possession and the exorcism of that little kid, I did kind of check out. I was like, oh, I don't care. Yeah, every, it, it yeah. runs a little long, Yeah, once but, it gets uh, to the end where he's in that cavern, I was just like, what are we doing? <laughs> Everything you... is good except the possession and the exorcism, yeah. which is a problem. Yeah, Which is, you know, the whole reason that 80% of your audience came to <laughs> right, exactly. So this is the thing. Let me guess: the kid's gonna have a weird scar and start swearing. Cool. Only an hour fifteen left, yeah. gang. We got. Well, this. here's the thing: as the expert on exorcism movies and horror movies in general, I can safely say that this is one of the better ones, specifically because I think, relative to those other movies, it has significantly less exorcism. Like I, 
and you might say to yourself, yeah, but Chris, there's a <laughs> That's lot. That's the I, standard. I, trust me, that ought to be the standard. Now I'm kind of curious about the Lady Exorcism movie. Maybe there's not much in there, and maybe I'll like it. I want to know. I want to know. Really yeah. Much. Is that our next episode? Is it on a fucking thing? I just can't get over the fact that it's like, all right, we're you've seen an exorcism before. We're going to watch one. And the priest walks in there. The devil says one thing, and he just walks into the bed and starts strangling a child. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. This movie's so fucking stupid. I love so it. dumb. <laughs> What was that lady exercise? I do like how like his big sin was like, ah, you were fucking their daughters. It's like, that's really clever. You did not say how old they were, movie. I read between those lines real quick. Like, that guy's clearly fucking these kids. You're like, yeah, but anyways, yeah, we'll get back to it. It's fine. It's like, Hang on. How, how, old are, how old are these daughters, movie? Yeah, that's Makes a good question. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do an MRRL fucking confession <laughs> and then get on with it? Great. I skip right past the 12-year-olds. <laughs> They're on the perfect line. You just see this, like, freeze fucking vibrating. It's like, okay, okay, and I'm in. I'm in. All right. And the crowd's, like, applauding. That's how they got to the basement. They just walk clip yeah. through and like, ah, oh. <laughs> See the geometry like, here is kind of tricky, and <laughs> like this. Imagine you're just watching some shitty extra. I mean, we don't have to because we did. Yeah. But imagine you were watching the list, and you're watching some movie from the '70s. Like, ah, the devil is real, and he's gonna make your kids smoke weed. And then an hour in, they just walked into a basement, and there was a skeleton in a cage. <laughs> like, you would have been talking about that. You'd be like, guys, yeah. emergency episode. <laughs> yeah. I know you've never heard of this. You need to trust. Oh me. yeah. This is this was definitely one of the more fun ones to watch. This is. I kind of I I'm not kidding when I say this. I really and I think you guys would agree with me. I want the sequel. Okay, I really want the Russell yes, Crowe sequel to this. Okay, I fucking need this. They walk downstairs into a fucking William Castle movie yeah. for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> it's like demon ladies coming out of pools of water and exploding in the blood. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit I've ever seen in my life. I kind of want to do Pray for the Devil now. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Yeah. I tried to tell you, dude. Yeah. Was that the one where we saw the trailer before the that god-awful Universal Soldier movie? We kind yes. of looked at each other. That was the last time we laughed. <laughs> uh, I was just like, yes, Ugh. obviously we should do this. Yeah, I was like, oh, let's do that. Well, uh, I guess this is a bad time to say that I will not be here next week. No, I will be okay. here the week after for Fast 10. We do, so. have, uh, we do have a plan that you wouldn't want to be here for, so... We yeah. have contingencies. In yes, we do. Oh, no. oh, you really don't want. How to bad is this going to be? As bad as you can imagine. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Yeah. So another Kevin Smith movie. Got it. Oh, he said movie, not plural. He said singular, <laughs> which is an interesting choice on your. This part. is a little bit different from John Waters fans. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the tea, sis.